Beyond, and hello everyone. My name is Jonathan Dormish. I am your host for IGN's weekly PlayStation show, Beyond. I'm joined this time, for the second time this week, not just this week, by Lucy O'Brien. Hello. Max Scoville. How about that state of play? And Brian, Al- Brian Altano. Beyond. We're here for episode, I guess, 590.5, whatever you want to call this, this one. This is just a little in-between one. The people, one about the state of play. It sounds like a radio station. Yeah. People love it when you have like decimal points and half episodes and missing episodes. It goes over well. It does. This is uh, episode 590 over 358, and we are here to discuss the second Sony PlayStation state of play. Uh, it just happened. We're recording this, I think, like 20 minutes after it aired. So we're going to be going down basically all the announcements, what we thought of it, what we thought of it compared to the first state of play. And also I have a lot of fan reactions, both from the Facebook group of Podcast Beyond, as well as from my Twitter and the YouTube Beyond group. Uh, for reference, I put out a poll basically right after the second state of play ended. Yep. And as of right now, with, and this is not a joke, 420 votes. Mm. Dank. I asked everyone uh, what they felt about it. The choices were either loved it, didn't enjoy it, or meh. 53% said they loved it, 40% said meh, and 70% or 7, 70% said they didn't enjoy it out of 130, 7% said 7%. they didn't enjoy it. Okay, I was like, so, those numbers are weird. I wanted to know, first off the bat, what you all thought of the second state of play. I loved it. Yeah, all like, right. yeah. No, no, I mean, I really, I enjoyed it. It was, it felt a lot more like a Nintendo Direct this, yes. this time around. Um, and I think considering it was, what, 10 minutes long? Just about, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was... There was a lot there. Like, it fit a lot into a very short amount of time. Yeah, I think, and I do want to talk about what they did and didn't include and sort of the flow of it and everything. But I feel like we should obviously talk about the biggest thing right off the bat, which is, of course, they re-revealed the Final Fantasy VII remake. That's right. Um, I thought we were going to go with the Animal Badger game. Oh, way? Oh, we'll get to a way. The biggest. The biggest. I was writing, I was sort of thinking that I had to write it off. I was like, what animal is that? (laughs) What animal is that? A sugar glider. I don't even know what that is. I've never heard of that. It's the thing that people say immediately after you call something a flying squirrel. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. That's it was, I was a weird kid and people were always like, if you could be any animal, what would it be? And without hesitating, I always said flying squirrel because people were like, why? And I'm like, well, because you could be like a mammal, but also fly. And then people would have to explain to me that they couldn't actually fly. And that they're sugar gliders. If there is a, and I was like, this is why I don't go to school. If there's a mammalian version of like, oh, dolphins aren't fish, or uh, I guess that's not uh, dinosaurs with feathers. Uh, actually, uh, the uh, spiders on arachnid. If there's a like a four-legged version of that, it's uh, actually no, that's not a uh, that's a sugar glider. Okay, people always actually thank you all should, for the performing actually. the first scene out of the Final Fantasy VII remake. For yes, me. I'm glad yeah. you all had the script in front of you for right. that performance. Um, the so, delay was worth it. Yes. Sorry, the, you're fine. Uh, the teaser trailer showed off some actual gameplay, some cutscenes, obviously referencing major moments from the original game. Uh, but we didn't get, of course, a release date. We did get a hint that there will be more in June. Mm. Square Enix, of course, has its showcase. Uh, they took the Sony slot this year for E3. Yep. So that's a pretty good place. There's also a Final Fantasy VII Symphony Orchestra uh, the weekend pretty much right before E3. And that's where they've announced big Kingdom Hearts news when they did Kingdom Hearts Orchestra. So there's probably going to be something there. Uh, what did you all think of this new look at Final Fantasy VII? Uh, it's it been looks, a while. It looks gorgeous. I think there are some questions around the office about how it plays out, um, whether it's turn-based or not. It looks like it still is. But I still have questions about that thing they pitched from the jump, which was the episodic rollout of this thing. I'm I'm really hoping that they how, just quietly scrap that and how, just make a game and sell it. How much of game. a full blown sort of like retooling is this based on what earlier stuff we saw? Because we heard the episodic well, thing. So all of that news that we heard about that game was when it was being developed externally. Yeah. And then at some point, Square decided to say like, "Hey, we're not happy with." 
development as it is right now and it was taken internally. I don't believe, I'm going to check the date on that news story, but I don't believe we've seen the remake since Square took it internally. And if we did, we it, haven't. Was, it was just one yeah. show. No, it was yeah, the it was, last time we saw it was PSX 2015. Um, which is so long ago. And I think we can safely scrap a lot of those early feet, like uh, early announcements. Good. Like, let's I'm just, not. I'm, I'm, let's go with that. Yeah, I, like that. I don't think we necessarily need to be bound to them. It was a long time ago. And as you said, development has completely shifted. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was in uh, May 2017. Mm-hmm. Square announced that they had decided to take development internally. Uh, and I've spoken to Tetsuya Nomura, who directed, of course, Kingdom Hearts 3 and is working on the Final Fantasy VII remake. And he, when I spoke to him in Japan last year, he basically said, yeah, now that Kingdom Hearts is winding down, I can like finally put 100% of my focus. Like He's fully focused on this remake. So obviously this is a big project for them at the moment. And they did. he also said, I think to Famitsu, that like PR for Final Fantasy VII remake would begin in earnest after Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. Um, was released. So, you know, I think it's going to have a massive presence at E3. Yeah. I think the uh, state of play was very strategically timed right when it was. So mm-hmm. Sony can sort of put their finger on this game before anybody takes a bite of it. Out of E3. But, yeah. yeah the- I think, that, yeah, this was effectively them owning the mind share of this game. So you go in your head coming out of E3, PlayStation is where I'm going to play this game. I think a lot of people were leaning that way anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But this well, is, it's, it's smart to get ahead of the announcements. Yeah. And uh, the trailer does end. It says more to come in June, which we assume is E3. It says PS4 on it. So they're still confirming this as a PS4 release. Yeah. I, I would be extremely surprised if after this much time in development, they were like, oh, let's push it to the next one. Yeah. You're going to shoot to try to hit the biggest install base. Mm-hmm. When do you, th- do you think we'll see it next year? Do you think it'll be a 2020 launch and then maybe I think bridge it will the be. gap? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or do you think they could surprise release it? <laughs> if it is episodic, they could put it's, out something. It's, uh, it's late on a Thursday. I'm feeling pretty optimistic Ooh. here. I think we're going to see something by the end of the year. Ooh, I'm totally like pulling that out of my ass. I have nothing to base that on whatsoever. But we, have, I mean, look at this sort of weird rolling thing that they've done where they, they I don't know if they call them demos or like there was like a, there's the early version of Final Fantasy 15 that popped up that was like the it's it's the first part of the map. You just drive around. Right. Oh, yeah. You like. Didn't you drive like a miniature car on a toy box or something? I can't even remember. That. Basically, uh, like there... a bit of the. Oh, I remember w- that demo that they put out that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah it... Was there a Kingdom Hearts thing like that too? There or... wasn't. The, uh, uh, they never put out a Kingdom Hearts three demo. They just had out a lot of events in okay. the year leading up. But yeah, they never put that out. But Final Fantasy fifteen, they did. And I wouldn't be shocked if they put. To, if it is a twenty twenty game, I wouldn't be shocked if there's a like you know, Christmas release of a demo for Final Fantasy VII and like That'd walk around the So opening. cool. That sounds yeah. awesome. so cool. I'm really excited about this. Um, obviously, like a lot of people, I have like a, a you know, a nostalgia for Final Fantasy VII. It's just such, it's such a masterclass in character design and like just that, that world kicks so much ass because it's like, hey, here, let's get mm, sort of like a diesel cyberpunk filtered through like an anime aesthetic yep. in the late 90s. Like it's just chef kiss, you know? Yeah. And it's just, it's cool to see them, uh, Sticking with it, obviously a lot of people are impatient for it, but the fact that it's a thing we didn't think we were ever going to get, and then we got it, and we were like, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. That E3 where they announced that, Shenmue 3, Last Guardian, and was there another thing? I, or was it just those three? No, I think it was, I want to say 15 and Kingdom Hearts 3 were announced together. Yeah. I think that was together, so this was separate. But yeah, that was a big... No, but I mean like... What, or yeah, yeah, during that Final yeah, Fantasy yeah. 7. There was, yeah. there was the one year where they just dropped, like Sony basically did all the things that people were like daring them to do and they kept sort of joking about doing and then they just went and did it and you're like yeah. oh crap here it all is Here's and now we're every- finally yeah hopefully getting that this is also a very different 
story than say i don't know death stranding or the new kingdom hearts game where it's this kind of unquantifiable thing or you're waiting for a decade-long story to end this is a thing that we've that we know that we played it's Mm -hmm. a it's a bonafide classic they're adding new stuff to it of course um but if they take their time with it and we have to wait a year it's not like i'll be like oh no i don't know what this is like it's final fantasy 7 for a long time not yes and no at one point Am I crazy or at one point was this did this look like a, a, a not turn based? Was this like a real time action game? It like looked 15? I think it looks that way because I think, yeah, we've all we've the last Final Fantasy fifteen you know, fifteen we got that free flowing combat and it kinda looks like that to me. Right. But I don't know. It still it still could easily just be more fluid and still be turn based. I'm I'm looking at the UI a little bit and I can't exactly parse it from there, mm-hmm. but it's definitely evocative of the original game. Um, right now I can see there's basically like a command menu on the side and what's listed right here is Punisher attack command mode and then you have everyone's like HP mm. on the side. I like that's I wouldn't a, be shocked. It's just if it's not them standing in a line. That's, that's why right, it right, right, yeah. Right. yeah I mean, I, it's, that's a weird problem to have to be like to look at a, a UI for a game and be like, yeah, but what is it like when you play it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we don't like we sort of know what Final Fantasy VII is as a concept. As far as the remake goes, like it's been it's been over twenty years. Like right. what we could see if they well, lean into Kingdom Hearts gameplay a little bit more, sure. obviously, with Nomura I, yeah. having such experience with that I, franchise. I put this in line <laughs> with something like the Resident Evil 2 remake, right? Which is like, it's something that we know and we understand, but it still finds incredible new ways to modernize the concept and surprise us. Uh, that being said, I do think that this will be one of those cross-platform PS5 launch games. You can play it on PS4, but it's going to look really good for Sony to come out next fall and go, hey, uh, Final Fantasy VII remake which is a bad title uh is a playstation 5 launch game like that's that's just great mind share it's gonna be bonkers if their lineup looks like a every previous playstation's greatest hits yeah they come out the game with ps5 and they're like hey it's a spider-man god of war final fantasy 7 i don't know you know shadow the colossus crash strikes back exactly i mean to go hey we have the final fantasy remake and we have the brand new game from kojima like what year is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that is that is a very bonafide vintage PlayStation, and yeah, throw a new Crash Bandicoot in there. I, I mean, I'll take it. A bunch of cross platform or yeah. cross gen games, and then obviously backwards compatibility. Yeah, I and I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, obviously, we're speculating about everything. Who knows how much they're going to show at E three? Like we yeah. could, yeah. everything we just said could be absolutely wrong in a month, or they may not say much and just show a trailer. Yeah, I like sincerely doubt they're just going to. I think I think gonna, so too. we're going to get some crunchy I, details. I, I hope so. Yeah. I, they it, also didn't say E three. They said June. June. Yeah, yes, which is why I think the orchestra is a right. good candidate. For mm. it. But I mean, what we we also don't know when Sony's going to do another state Set of play. play. Yeah. They right. could very well do something like I mean, E3 officially starts on June 11th. They got plenty of wiggle room in there to be like, here's stuff that will be on the show floor. Maybe it's third party. Maybe it's hanging out. I don't know, somebody else's booth or whatever. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, it's not, I don't think they're going to be just completely removed from that show in every capacity, right? Like there'll be little tendrils of things everywhere. Well, this is how I, they start. They're working from home. Seeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're working exactly. They're, they're working, working from home. From home. We, just like, yeah. like glancing at their laptop. They're every transfer. <laughs> half an hour. Uh, I mean, yeah, the last state of play was the end of March. So right. we'll see when the next one comes. Um, Which was what, like 12, 13 minutes. Yeah, it wasn't much longer. Which is odd, because if you think about it, and had they held all these things, then we're already like 25 minutes into the hypothetical E3 press conference that they're not giving us, Mm. right? Like, they're already halfway there to a press conference. Yeah. But I guess they felt like whatever all of these will stack up to be is not strong enough to stand on its own. Yeah. We'll continue to see how these go. But as for this one, uh, moving on from that, another remake to mention, Medieval, got a release date, is of course coming out in October, October Mm -hmm. 25th. 
Uh, we last we got like the first actual trailer for it that wasn't the teaser image last Halloween, and so just about under a year we'll be getting the game on October 25th. I think we have uh, a lot fewer questions about this one in terms of how it will play and how yeah. it will structure. It, it, it felt very it looked, tethered to its roots. It looked a little, and in that regard, it looked a little dated. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, this doesn't feel like it's been updated for a modern audience with modern sensibilities. It just feels like it's medieval, mm-hmm. but prettier. Yeah. No, it's like a, the Crash remake kind of thing. I feel like that's a thing we're going to see a lot more of, of people using the architecture yeah. of a game. And it's you know, depending on the game, there's only so much you can actually do with that. Well, know? we have we have like the same word that we apply to everything, and it's remake, mm-hmm. right? Like Resident Evil 2, Final Fantasy 7, Crash Bandicoot, and Medieval are all remakes, right? But some of them are complete overhauls. Yeah. And some I, of them are a, a gorgeous coat of paint, like something like Shadow of the Colossus. There are a lot of like weird buzzwords that people use internally for things like this. Like, for example, I would call... Resident Evil Two more of a reimagining yeah, than a that's remake, a good yeah. right? But it like it it's a, such a like it per, buzzword and it, it, it irritates me. But it actually like says a lot about what that game is, yeah. rather than okay, this is exactly the same gameplay. These are the same levels. Everything plays out exactly the same, except it's it's built in a modern engine. Mm-hmm. What, what's good is uh, Other Ocean Interactive is in Emeryville, which is across the bay from us, so mm-hmm. we can maybe have them in there and talk to them about this. But yeah, um, Crash. The team of Vicarious Visions told me they worked on that. Essentially, they had wi- they were lucky enough to have wireframes from Naughty Dog's original development and were able to build over that for a lot of levels. Uh, whereas for Spyro, they did this weird hack called the Spyroscope where they built a tool in a uh, emulated version of Spyro that completely essentially mapped out the levels as they originally oh. were because they didn't have the original files of the, how those levels were built. And so they essentially rebuilt those games and then created their games on top. They made a LiDAR emulator, basically? Yeah. That's it, insane. Yeah, it, it's really impressive what they did for that. I don't know the scope of what they've had to do with Medieval. We don't know the that, state of it. That's so fascinating. We've we've talked so much about like uh, video game preservation on the show, but I've never really thought too deeply about like the actual structure of a video game and how you save it. It's sort of like saving a PSD as a JPEG. Yeah, and then not being able to mess with the layers ever again. That's a Photoshop document for those of you that don't <laughs> have to mess with that. Um, for reference, for those who might not know, Other Ocean, I'm on their website. Uh, games they've contributed development toward in one form or another. Uh, listed on their site include Rick and Morty Virtual Reality, uh, Minecraft, the Nintendo 3DS edition, mm-hmm. iDarb, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist, Thimbleweed Park. Which Monkey Ball game is that? Monkey Super Monkey Ball is just listed. What? Yeah, I, I'm going to look that up. Interesting. Hey, make that next. They did, I love that. I, I love a, a new Monkey I, Ball. I, Me too. I, I visited their studio a million years ago uh, when they were doing a War of the Worlds adventure game that was mm. based not on any of the movies but on the original H.G. Wells novel. Did that ever come out? I think so. That was like mm, close to a decade ago, and it was, yeah, like I took the bus to get there. <laughs> Been a minute. But, uh, uh, I'm going to keep looking this up just out of curiosity while we move on, though, to the yeah. next announcement, which is the Monster Hunter World Iceborne expansion got a release date. We've known about this for a while. Uh, it is coming out September 9th on PS4 and Xbox the One. Ca- the baby cats can throw piss on you now to bring you back oh. <laughs> That's the central Cats game love mechanic. Tossing piss everywhere. Too. <laughs> Apparently, the community has been demanding that green cat piss more than anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, you should definitely be on their PR team. Uh, they they ported Super Monkey Ball to iPhone. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, okay. Well, um, so like w- w- working is, working horse studio basically. Yeah, yeah. That, they've done a lot of 
port work it seems mm-hmm. but obviously this seems like a little bit more than just a port so side note that that port of that game from ios either vanished entirely or just got aged out with like a an os update because that doesn't exist anymore oh weird yep that's a shame uh, anyway, so the Iceborne expansion coming out September 9th, 2019, with a PC release date of sometime this winter, which could end up being 2020. Um, obviously, Casey DeFridis is our lead Monster Hunter expert. She wasn't around when we were all watching, but everyone basically just went, Casey, Casey, what does yeah. this all yeah, mean? Everyone was looking Tell around us. for it. But yeah. yeah. Um, and they, unfortunately, it's while we're recording, but they're essentially, Capcom is hosting their own live stream to go into more detail about this. They're calling it like a huge expansion that seems like almost a new game's worth of content it seems yeah. to be that they're packing in which is awesome frozen wilds basically once yes. again yeah. i i walk away like disappointed with myself for never being able to click with this series because it looks gorgeous the monster design is super cool that giant nightmare bat is awesome but that's, a good, play, that's a good critter yeah did you play world because i never clicked with it either and then i clicked with monster hunter world interesting yeah like fully i mean i i like i haven't played since it came out more or less uh, but I'm going to get what, back into it. What, have you been playing, it. like, other games? Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not. Well, obviously, Monster Hunter's not for you. You either play Monster Hunter and just Monster Hunter, <laughs> or you don't play Monster Hunter. Uh, I wanted to throw one thing in here. I, I, it occurred to me that, like, someone out there, Medieval is their Spyro or their Crash. Yeah. yeah or their absolutely. Mario. Yeah. Is, I there, there is absolutely I I, someone. I don't. Is going to get a little higher here? No, no. I don't. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I don't. I don't. I'm not comparing it to those. Yeah. I don't. I have like fond, sort of vaguely happy memories of, of messing around with medieval at some point. I think but it, I, I again, mean, we all just, had vaguely happy memories. Right. Like I think this is the interesting sort of question I have around medieval, and and I, I you know, this isn't me throwing shade. Like I, I'm just genuinely curious. Like who is this game for? It's for Sony. Yeah, it's for Sony and that one person who I'm trying to get to write into our <laughs> Facebook group with their fond medieval memories. I'm gonna look in and see if anyone commented in the Facebook group about medieval. But also, yeah, it. I feel like it's a game that should have come out a year ago. Like, like in between the crash and Spyro hype, this should have been in there. Yeah, to yeah, help capitalize right. on all of that. I mean, it's. But it's also kind of that weird thing where it's like, oh, yeah, crash and Spyro. Hell yes, absolutely. All rights belong to Activision. You know, and Sony obviously has their sort of their thing there. But you know. I guess you get you've got medieval, and then it's who are the other sort of like you know so, sort of between between Crash and Spyro, and then like Jack and Daxter and and Ratchet and Clank. There's sort of this weird like gray area, and we got Spider Man, you know. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. I I think that whoever out there listening to this, if if you have like super fond like beloved childhood memories of medieval, like right in. Yeah. Well, they Tell us they, about already, it. they already did. Did they? Three minutes ago. When we were like, nobody. All right. All right. I don't know. Um, they were there. Devin, call to action. Devin from the Facebook group said, I wouldn't say that fall is that far away. They're going on about another conversation. I am kind of surprised that they didn't spend a lot of time on medieval trying to really hype it up. They made a point to say this was mostly about that before the mm-hmm. show. I am surprised it was a relatively short trailer. Like Iceborne, I think, had as much time, if not a little more than medieval yeah. did. Uh, no, I think you're totally right. Thing. Um, and then... Uh, Eno, I believe E-I-N-O, asked, do you guys think Medieval looks good? You'd expect it to look like Crash Bio and Ratchet and Clank remasters, but this feels like it's not even, it's not even close. Um, I would say a couple bits of the gameplay looked a little bit rough. Obviously, there's, you know, just five, six months of polish. Left yeah, there were a few, so. like, I hate the phrase, like, sucking in the teeth moments. Yeah, I hate the phrase mixed bag, because it, it sucks. Mixed bag. But there's, there were definitely parts of this game that looked... Like relatively dated or extremely dated compared to other parts of the game that looked very good. Mm. Yeah, so. yeah. Th- there were definitely parts of the trailer where I was like, "Oh, that looks like a lot more fun and like seems to be working more cohesively than a couple of scenes." So I'm wondering yeah. where 
some of that stuff may have been taken from in production. I, I like the sort of tone. I like the, a lot of the character models and stuff like that. I would say that like if you had no nostalgia for this franchise and you really no understanding, like a modern PlayStation 4 gamer, and you looked at this trailer, I don't really know if you'd walk away being like, oh, I got to buy that. Yeah. You, know? yeah. you might I really, be interested. I but. never played Medieval despite my love of Crash and Spyro and other platformers and games of this ilk. Um, I'm excited to try it for the first time just to see what playing it in a modern incarnation yep. without yeah. having played before is. Me too. Like I remember playing it and being like even as a kid where i would play everything mm -hmm. you know because we could you know there you weren't couldn't afford, so many there games. weren't so many games and you couldn't afford and blah 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 and i remember being a little bit like even back then just being like oh yeah this is fine mm -hmm. so we'll see how it goes over obviously yeah. it's october 25th so we have a bit of time and if we need to ask them questions we'll just run across the bay uh sure. anyway iceborne comes out september 9th um obviously stay tuned to casey defrito who so will have a lot more coverage of that on the site hell yeah uh, moving on from that, Predator Hunting Grounds was Kid, announced. God damn it. Max, Ugh. how you feeling? I was literally, I, I want to say earlier this week, like in the shower or something, just being like, I want a Predator video game. I want a new Predator game. I think I willed this into being, but I had that wonderful cone of disappointment moment <laughs> where they hyped this thing up. We had like sort of three dudes at the same time go, that's the Predator music. And I was like, well, I can see which guys in the office watch Predator a lot, <laughs> but like, you know, it starts out and you're like, oh, there's some tactical men walking through the jungle and that's great and all very well and good. And then you hear like, you know, and it's like, oh, and I was like, oh, great. And then it was like, you know, it's of course in big letters, not actual gameplay. And then they were like, oh, it's going to be um, multiplayer. Asymmetrical. asymmetrical. Yeah. So it's, so it's going to be yeah. Evolve, basically. Predator be... Hunting Grounds is an asymmetrical multiplayer experience where a group of players are in control of a fire team, essentially running through the jungle with, you know, a bunch of standard military weapons. While one player will be the predator tracking them down so, using the standard predator so weapons. It's it's so it's, it's it's not even evolve. It's literally Ghost Recon Wildlands DLC or Friday the Thirteenth the game. Yeah. Right. Which this is made by Ilphonic, who contributed to development on Friday the Thirteenth the mm. game. So that's so, actually when the announcement. I, I looped back to the top of the cone of disappointment to the exciting part and I was like okay I actually liked what they did with Friday the 13th and if it's got that level of weird jank but it's all it's also predator like mm. lovable jank I don't think it will have that jank I think that it will be much more polished given that like the predator is a little bit higher rent than like Jason, uh, Jason. Jason. well and also 20th Century Fox's logo is all in on this, and Fox mm -hmm. has made a big play for like gaming in the Fox, last year Fox or so. Next, yeah, yeah they're, I, they're really pushing for that. So I just hope that like the sort of playground is interesting because what I liked about Friday the Thirteenth is that is the setting. Yeah, as much as anything. Um, and that was so, made by like hardcore horror nerds. So yeah, like, we need to recreate the barn that the teenagers made out in, and too. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. If the location or multiple locations that they have in the game actually are intriguing to run around i think that could make for a possibly fun experience but i agree like you will want to be the predator yeah You're that's not going to be a, a fire team dude <laughs> right yeah that's such a i like i really just i feel like that misses the point about like what would be like everybody wants to be the predator so to have four people not being the predator is sort of like yeah i mean eh. I, don't, I don't know i like a, I, I think a, it's i'm it's being reductive gunman yeah. yeah i think it's okay being those men sucks i don't care about those men at all well the if predator being rules the exact the men. men from the predator films that's another story counterpoint being hunted by a predator could be fun and fighting the predator could be fun counter counterpoint they could also introduce dlc that puts an alien into it I don't, nah, I don't know. Counter, and then counter, we get counter, AVP, counter the best of the movies. Maybe. They won't I just, do that. I just want Shadow of Mordor. <laughs> I want Shadow of Mordor except you're the Predator. Ooh. Yeah, I, want, I, yeah. I, I was really like looking for some sort of single player 
um, adventure game. Like that's what yeah. I wanted from that. You know, I just want more. It does the, the fundamental nature of Predator does kind of serve this type of game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was part of me that as soon as that uh, the subtitle came up, I was like, oh no 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 no, okay, that's not going to be like because it's kind of a, like a little, it's a bit cheap. It's like a little bit a bit cheap the subtitle. Mm-hmm. And I was like, as what's soon the subtitle? Hunting uh, Hunting Grounds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's coming out twenty twenty. So we don't have too much info about that otherwise. I mean, yeah, yeah we're also totally jumping the gun here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I want it. I want it to be great. I want an amazing, you know, I want an amazing Predator game. Like, like I, I would like some sim- single player stuff. Like yeah. something to do as a single player. Did this is a stupid question? Did Concrete Jungle ever come out? Concrete Jungle was delayed to the fall in the last day to play. It was supposed to come out in the spring, and then they announced it was coming out in the mm. fall. Not Concrete Genie. You're right. Wow, Predator, Predator, that's where my Predator mind is. Concrete Jungle. Wait, there was. Oh God, that's, that's like it's uh, late so on a Thursday. There's a there's a Daredevil game that never came out that I get mixed up with a Predator game that did come out that I think I didn't that never Pre- I never played. IGN Entertainment gave it a five point five. Okay, so it wasn't Ooh. great. That's probably why. I didn't Initial play. release date April fifteenth, twenty fifteen, according to Google. Then there was that early twenty ten Sega. Mix-up. What was that early two thousand ten Sega game that was like Alien vs Predator vs Space? That was just called Alien vs Predator. Is that what so it was? It really called? confused the matter. Which was like the same name as the old as the movies and an arcade game. Same. Well, yeah, the movies really just are terrible. Also, AVP, I guess. Right. Directed by Monster Hunter director Paul Dunn. No, I know, I know they're terrible, but I think they all had the same name. Anyway. Alien like vs. Predator from Sega came out in 2010. Oh, that right. was Aliens vs. Predator. Aliens, yes, okay. excuse me. You know how goddamn confusing that is? There's an Alien movie, there's Aliens, then there's Predator, The Predator, Predators... And then Alien vs. Predator, and then Aliens vs. Predator, the video game. So Alien vs. Predator is not AVP? regarded as canon by Fox... As I understand it, like well, that, they that, started that. the cinematic universe. They should goddamn finish it. Can we talk about the squirrel game? We can, but just for reference, Aliens versus Predator got a seven point three from IGN. I like it. Is that the PC one? That's the PC. That one's dope as hell. That uh, one's yeah. great. Yeah, console version console got too. a seven. I played it on console and an eight point five from the UK. And the second one, Scrabbles. The second one's better, right? <laughs> the s- are, wait, are we talking about the? We're not talking no, about the film. Oh, no, this no. is the game. The old, the older one though. The movies oh. are two out of tens. There's two PC games that everyone loves, which are very good, and then there's the follow-up one that sort of was a little bit not as good. This is such You're a confusing franchise. You're asking me to do a lot on the spot. Oh, it's so confusing. Don't, don't forget it. Let's, gonna... talk, let's talk about the squirrels. All right, uh, very quickly, just to mention, Riverbond is coming out this fall, or this summer. God, it's, it's Thursday, end of the day. Uh, it's coming out this summer. They showed off a bunch of cameos from other indie games that'll be essentially playable skins for your character in this like sort of dungeon crawler, voxel-based looking game. Mm-hmm. Uh, very cute pixel art sort of style it kind of looks uh, like castle crasher meets 3d dot game heroes yeah um, yeah very uh, almost like a like by the books indie game like paint by numbers indie game but also really fun looking like yeah. the kind of thing i would totally play a, i feel like, like it could be a really fun like party games sort yep. of thing it'll have uh, cameos from shovel knight who's of course in every game lovers in dangerous space time guacamelee i spelled guacamelee wrong in this article weird to see him with uh, a sword by the way guacamelee yeah. yeah he should just punch with things he's a wrestler <laughs> hmm Anyway, Max, tell us about the squirrel game. Oh, away, yeah. away, uh, no, away, really, away. This, is, this has been announced for a while. This is uh, this is based on uh, animals and nature, which is awesome. Someone said that it was based on that, um, you know, like Blue Planet. Who kept saying or... that? Somebody kept saying that, and during the, the presentation, I don't think it. I think it's Lucy. That was you. Was it me? No. Did, Did I just that? make that up and start shouting it out? You just Lucy's kept saying. been dead for eighty years. 
It just, uh, the official description says inspired by nature documentaries. Uh, so, no, I mean, I could have told yeah. you that. Which are in yeah. themselves inspired by nature. Yes. You could. Yeah, so anyway, it's based on the actual world of animals. And I guess the whole thing is you're playing like last surviving animals out there. This is so much fun. I'm so excited about this. I, be, I, I say half-jokingly I want a realistic Crash Bandicoot game. But in all honesty, this will get you there. yeah, there's but- so much cool shit out there in the real world. <laughs> and gamer developers are like, what if we had a guy who could jump really high? <laughs> And was still just a regular man. And I was like, there's flying squirrels and Goliath bird-eating spiders and anacondas out there. Do something with it. <laughs> and they're doing it. They're being he, like, let's... But uh, did, did the, he say that in your re- <laughs> in your realistic Crash Bandicoot game that you wanted him to like wear a little pair of underpants? I've, I've gone back and forth about that. I think they should be cosmetic DLC, but it's... <laughs> I don't know. This is, this Ma- is Max and I were both talking about how this uh, evoked a very, very uh, unpopular but beloved Nintendo Wii game called Deadly Creatures. I remember oh, Deadly yeah. Creatures. Yeah. No one remembers Deadly Creatures until it. you talk about it. And uh-huh. then you're like, I remember it. Which I is do a game because about, NVC yeah. here wouldn't shut up about it when yeah, it came very out. Or weird, we can right? review whatever it was at that uh, time. So Deadly Creatures was a third-person action game about uh, scorpions and snakes and spiders and uh, weirdly enough, in the sort of periphery of the video game, actual real Billy Bob Thornton and the actor Dennis Hopper argued in the back about a bank heist that they had successfully pulled off and where they'd hidden the money. And you playing as, I believe, a spider <laughs> went through houses and like dusty ravines and all these hor- it wretched is- places while these two giant, like, uh, almost like the way they did Nanny on Muppet Babies. Yeah. Huge people who only saw their feet <laughs> I feel would like yell at each other in southern accents. The rare occasion where like the focus group or the board of investors is like, yeah, we, uh, we really want to like uh, get some Hollywood actors and it's gotta, there's got to be like a bank heist involved. And they're like, we already started making a game about a tarantula. Yeah. Like, <laughs> figure it out. This is a game that sounds too good to be true, but is in fact... Very too, real. Too weird to be successful enough to warrant a sequel. Yeah, and it uh, never got it never got ported or anything. Like that. It never got a sequel. Um, but it's the, so weird because I so vividly remember the cover art. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, because the cover art was amazing. Yeah. It was very just two animals fighting, um, and it's a deadly creatures on yeah. the front of it. And this looks very much like a spiritual successor to that. But it's like it's in. It looks like you're in a big old sandbox. And yeah. What I like about it is the way it it handles scale. Um, just by nature of yeah, there we go. So just by nature of having a small animal running around, everything mm-hmm. in the world feels gigantic. And I love that, you know. I'm I'm six foot five or six, and I am terrified of Goliath bird eating spiders. (laughs) I cannot imagine how frightening they will be when I'm playing as a sugar glider. Mm -hmm. I had to remember the name of that stupid. You got it right. Want to say flying squirrel? I love how like I don't know like like Far Cry or Ghost Recon or whatever. Like we added squirrel suits, and they're like, oh yeah, we added squirrel. Actually, the fruit sugar glider. Sugar glider sounds like a sexual name for when like you're dating a rich pilot. <laughs> this is my sugar glider. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I did that. I'm something we call friend. a sugar so glider. That's right. I have older gentlemen. They take me hang gliding on the weekends <laughs> over wine oh country. <laughs> oh my god. Sony sorry. also I'm revealed so that there's a play special edition PlayStation 4. That's true. Which is interesting. Yeah. Um, days limited of play, edition. Yeah, limited edition days of play, PS4. Um, that will come out in June when that event comes uh, at some point in that month. I assume they'll probably announce it the week of E3 or something and release a big indie game that week. Um, but that's sort of their like summer of arcade yep. sort of thing these days. It's very beautiful. Um, and that pretty much wraps up everything that was talked about in the state of play. Again, it was only about 10 minutes. Um, I wanted to first start off with like what you think of that showcase as a showcase in itself and then how do you think it compared to the first 
state of play. So a lot of our feedback from the first one was that it felt um, sort of uh, like a disconnected from humanity. Like there was no, they're they're go- they're obviously evoking a very Nintendo Direct style, unabashedly stealing all the best parts of that thing. But um, they're missing the sort of talking figurehead. I feel like I noticed that less this time around, maybe because I'm getting used to the cadence of the whole thing, but um, I actually really liked it. The way it flowed, uh, the motion graphics were awesome, queuing up the sort of next game in the playlist by showing you like this small, subtle hint of what it would be, and then flipping over um, was really good. The entire thing was incredibly tight, brisk. It was over and done in 10 minutes, and I feel like it was like a nice... Thursday afternoon gift from PlayStation. Yeah, and like, I, here you go. Exactly, and I, I really enjoyed the fact that they were very upfront about the fact that it was going to be short. Like they were just like, "Here's a brief look at blah blah blah." You know, it was just very like, "Here you go." You know, we're not promising, we're not making all these grand promises, and then right. giving you a ten minute I, thing. I think tempering expectations with the initial PlayStation mm. blog post was the best move to get things off on a better foot with this one. I thought it was going to be two things. Yeah. Yeah. Which made it better. They were like, we've got a thing, with uh, we're talking about medieval, and then another thing. And it was like, okay. And then it was like, oh, no, this is like seven things, or whatever, what, five things, yeah. whatever. What was the brand new game? Because I've... Uh, ooh. Um, <laughs> that, uh, Predator. Predator. Yeah. Predator would be the Weird. new game. Yeah. This, um, I mean, um, it feels like a video magazine. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. it's really kind of wonderful in that sense where you're like, they're like, coming up next. You're like, this sort of this table of contents type of thing. And then you're like, ooh. And then it's it sort of gives you this little, like, oh, here's when mm-hmm. it's coming out. Here's the information. It's in, it's wonderfully clean and tidy and, and not up its own ass. And it, yeah. as much as I love all the weirdness we get from E3 press conferences, they don't make any sense. They especially don't make any sense in 2019. Um, just this morning, we did a, uh, I did a posted a pre and post show for the uh, Ghost, Ghost, Recon. Ghost Recon Breakpoint reveal thing. Which Ubisoft effectively did the same thing. They've like, we've got a captive audience. We've got an existing community of people who care about this game. Let's talk directly to them instead of doing this like weird, you know, a giant net that we cast that catches nothing but garbage. You know, like yep. the, the stuff we get out of E3 conferences. All of the weirdness you get is because they're trying to appeal to everybody at once and appeal to no one in the process. Yeah, exactly. No, I feel like that's going to feel damn near antiquated by the end of this year's E3. Oh yeah, for well, sure. Just like I, the stiff-shouldered businessman model. Like yeah. So, you gamers love what we have yeah. this year. Yeah, like that sort of presentation. <laughs> that was no, good. Like, you know, every year there's like a Lionel Hutz type character that is like comes onto the stage and yeah. you know, we're gonna sell you some stuff. And it's like mm. and it's, but it's like if you gotta do that with your you with your blazer and t shirt, do it on a green screen. Yeah. And put some cool motion graphics behind yeah, you. Yeah, turn into a Muppet. Yeah, like make it fun. So much fun. Um and keep the script tight so you don't get out there and you're like you say something and people start clapping. You're like, yeah, yeah, games are really what we're all here for. Yeah, we all love games. Like gamers for gamers. Yeah, it's just weird. Like it's it it's it worked for so long, mm. and that was the way to do it. And now we have a new way, and I think that's the way it should go from here on out. Yeah, yeah I think what they did. So we were saying again, the first day to play was at the end of March. It was March 25th, I believe. And this is you know six ish, seven maybe weeks. Yep. I don't know how to count. Um, since that last one, that's a very quick turnaround. And I think what they wanted to do with this one, <clears throat> excuse me, was to prove, especially with Final Fantasy VII at the end, like after the negative reaction to the first one, hey, you need to pay attention to these. Like, these right. will have things you care about even if you don't have a PSVR. Like, I think the PSVR focus of the first one without them communicating that really backfired on them. Mm-hmm. Even if so many of those games look great, it's to a smaller part of the audience that's not to the wider audience. And there's nothing on the level of a Final Fantasy VII remake in that first one. Yeah, I do think they still need to figure out the 
balance of it because I would say Nintendo Direct does a really great job at having that top tier stuff like a Smash Brothers mm-hmm. or an Animal Crossing or something like that. It has mid tier stuff yep. that you also are enjoying and then it has smaller things. I felt like this time around because there were only, you know, like seven things, the the difference in magnitude of things really shows more. Whereas yeah. in a direct, not that I want each of these to have 30 games and be 35 minutes and whatever, but when you have 30 games, it could be like, oh, one or two of the smaller games, whatever. If in this one you're like, Final Fantasy VII, that is the thing to talk about, that's it. Oh, yeah, there were a couple of these other games. Regardless of how good they end up being, they could be Game of the Year candidates for all yep. I know. But th- because there are so few, you can si- sort of see like the stark difference in reaction yeah the the flow of it is definitely um it's 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 getting better for sure yeah Um, yeah i think and i think that was like a cool little easter egg at the very beginning that uh, some ign editors noticed where it started off with a small chime from final fantasy 7 and people were like wait that's what that i liked that yeah interesting easter egg where's this going i think if they can find ways to do that more often going forward that can maybe be how they find their voice and uh make what a state of play is distinct from nintendo or a inside xbox yeah yeah and I've said this a hundred times for these kind of things, but I love the way these things take uh, small games, big games, and sort of put them all uh, at the at same table. That's, that's it's super important, you know. Does, and they the, they get the talking head like figurehead people out of the way. Yeah, they yeah. let the games be the games, and it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to just some reactions, and if you guys need to wrap up anything, I know it's the end of the day, so understand if you need to hop out. But just a few reactions from uh, the Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash podcast beyond. A lot of people replied to my thread. Thank you so much. I uh, wanted to read a couple of them. Richard said, I thought this was an excellent pre-teaser for many of the developers that are going to be at E3. I think it also is a nice way to tell people that PlayStation might not be at E3, but don't forget about us. We're still here and going strong. And I do think that's important. Like, obviously, we're in this bubble where we are constantly thinking about the industry and thinking about these companies. A mass audience might not know, don't expect PlayStation news in June when you normally expect to hear it. Right. And this uh, is obviously, this is a thing that they can do because they're winning. Yeah. Yes. This is this is a thing that they can afford to do. And that's because they laid the groundwork for an amazing console five years ago, mm-hmm. seven years ago, you know? And because of that, they can roll into the summer being like, we're good. You can, here's our short film in May. And maybe we'll see you in June. Maybe we'll see you in July. They did say at the end of the thing, um, we'll have more to show later this year, which is... I don't know, either tomorrow or December. Yeah, <laughs> like, it could be who knows when that right, is. Right, exactly. Uh, moving on to a couple more. Uh, Devlin said, one choice I do find strange was announcing the new PSVR bundles yesterday. Why not just make the thing today 30 seconds longer and announce that behind the state of play PlayStation to pad things out? Would have added a nice punch, I think. And obviously, like speaking to the PSVR audience, that would make sense. Totally those, agree. Mm-hmm. Especially when they highlighted all those games, I do find it weird not to be like, hey, reminder, half of those games still haven't come out. I could see them being wary Hey, about the blowback. Remember when Sony released a PlayStation phone called the Xperia Play, and then like a couple yes. months later released the PlayStation Vita, which had a 3G card? Sometimes the right people don't talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Those are, I would imagine, totally different departments, and the fact that they already kind of had their their PSVR like state of play. Yeah. Um, moving on to a few others, a lot of people obviously commented Final Fantasy VII. Oh my God, Final Fantasy, that was pretty much the chorus of all of this. Uh, Michael did bring up, it's still literally a bunch of blog posts tied together with some voiceover. Nothing more. It doesn't have to be more, but it surely could be. Right now, it's not an event. I don't think it and needs I, to be. I mean, we've, I wanted we've to just, ask what we, you all thought. Well, I just feel like we've, we've kind of just covered that. It does yeah. not need to be an event. Like, I think that this is a really effective way of pushing out information. And yes, I agree that there could absolutely be a little more personality. But I yeah. don't think we're going to find personality in, in those, like, <laughs> you know, like, those I mean, talking heads. They have an event. They have PSX. If yeah. they want to dust that off and do something with it, they can. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Well, I would say like, you know, if you look at something like this, which is hyper-focused and quick, and then you compare it to their last, potentially, as ever as we know at E3 press conference, which was bloated and meandering, like literally meandering, they forced the, the crowd to get up and move from theater to theater. Um, that's the way not to do it. And if you don't think this is the way to do it, I think it's at least uh, on, the, on the right path. I th- yeah, I think it still needs refinement yeah. and... I think this was a much stronger showing, though. Mm. Uh, Eric on Twitter actually said to me, it has a problem with pacing the big stuff and could use a bit more discussion to cool off between reveals. And yeah, I think the pacing thing is one of the biggest things they can find out. I do like the end, the beginning and end points of like sandwiching major games at the beginning. Of it. Right. I think that's a really solid way to go. I mean, that's what every E3 press conference exactly. ever has done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like well, the, the big things at the beginning and the end and then like all the everything else in the middle. Yep. I mean the uh, the the thing of like not giving you time a second to breathe with some things that is very Nintendo Direct. Yeah. I mean there are moments there where like our news teams scrambling, screen capping, like they'll put up fifteen logos at the same time, being like, "Here's all the things that are coming to Nintendo Switch." You're like, "Oh my god!" Come yeah. On yeah. Down. I don't. I, I don't. It's it's ten minutes of commercials. Like it's that's kind of the point. I don't pause it. You know, <laughs> I have to like take control of the situation here. All of the all of the breathing room that we see in in like press conferences and E3 stuff is because there are technical stuff, it's technical shuffling around after behind yeah. the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is kind of, you know, uh, circumventing that. And it's sort of, I don't know. I, no. I I understand that mentality of like the pacing, but it's not a movie. It's I was not in, a, it's not even a, it's not a game. It's, you know. I was in the theater for uh, Sony's press conference two years ago in LA and they would play a trailer and the room would go dark. And in that time, 15 people would quietly shuffle onto the stage you know, dressed like shadow people and like hang all the corpses from days gone and then pull it all away and then be like, oh, God of War is here. Put, glue some axes to the wall, like that kind of thing. Like that, I don't think that's necessary in a situation like this. I mean, it's very theatrical and I think that's what we've, we're have we used to because that's what we've kind of grown up with, I suppose. Um, but it, it, yeah, it's not really necessary when you think about yeah. it. You know, it's great for the people in the theater, mm-hmm. but meh. Yeah. No, I mean the majority of the people who watch stuff at E3 are not at E3. Yeah, yeah. So maybe account for them. And also, I don't know. I feel like if they dropped a brand new FF7 footage during E3 in the middle of the Sony presser thing, a handful of people would be talking about it for a year and a half, as some of us have demonstrated. But also, I don't know. It would be it would be buried 45 minutes later when they announce something else. Can and for the. Can I add a note too? Like that this completely no, this can't. okay sorry no. no this format completely circumvents that awful 30 seconds. Every single time there's an E3 live show and someone is filming a theater stage screen and you're oh, like, yeah. what is that? And you hear like, and then it pops to the full screen and cuts over. This circumvents all of that. How they don't have that timing down is insane. Yeah. And so it's like, crazy. so we don't have to, we don't have to sit there being like, what are they saying? What are they doing? What is that? What are they showing? Now we just see it. And that's the way, I mean, I don't play video games in a theater. No. In front of a thousand. Oh, people. you don't? I try not to. <laughs> yeah. uh, That's what I do. My apartment's not that big. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is, I think this is the way to show games. Um, I'm going to just read a couple more impressions just because so many people wrote in, and I do want to make sure uh, we highlight a few of those. Max, you have to head out. Though. Yeah, I got a date with an important uh, computer generated rodent from a competing video game console company, if you know what I'm talking about. Lucky's Tale? Lucky's Tale, the movie. The movie. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. Uh, we'll enjoy it. Parole Officer rodent. Lucky's Tale. He's yes. back, buddy. Uh, enjoy, have fun. People can find you at Max Scoville. Yeah, I'm around. Do you, I'm going to the movie with you. Should I leave too? Yeah, you should leave. Take the hint. Lucy? Oh, I'm going to leave too. All right, fine. I'm just going to be in here myself for the last like five minutes of the show. I'll see you guys later. I'll stick cool. around I'll say whatever. Oh, I appreciate it. Uh, just going to quickly guys. say, Beyond. bye Lucy. I'm coming. 
Nikki said, I am quite liking the format so far, being given frequent, short, and snappy updates where we say, can you believe them? No, I can't. They no, sold this out. They me. don't have the PlayStation passion. They do not, and that's why they're not in this room today beyond. They're also fired. They don't know that, <laughs> but that's what happened. Uh, anyway, Nikki said, I'm quite liking the format so far, being given frequent, short, and snappy updates where we see new trailers, new gameplay, new upcoming indie games, get release dates announced, etc. Everything shown was new. There was variety. It was good. Looking forward to the next one. Yeah. And yeah, I think if they can keep that focus, obviously you don't want to retread territory from the last state of play. Um, but I think if they can continue to do these things, I just don't want them to do it because they feel like they have to. No, I always no, want no. there to be a reason for I these. agree with that. Uh, Bango, just to give a little bit of a different perspective, Bango also said... Bango? It was Bango. It's a great name. Bango said it was an underwhelming... At what It was as underwhelming as I expected. Nothing there for me personally. Again, ending with a third-party game. I know people are excited about it, but it's not a PlayStation game specifically. I'll be excited when we know they can talk about next-gen games. Not much left in the tank for PS4. And obviously, right. that is that is a lingering thing. We have the three big PlayStation 4 exclusives that yeah. we're waiting to hear more about. PS5 is around the corner. There's a lot they could talk about, but of course they have... There's time in between. Well, I mean, what? There's 100 plus million PS4s out there, right? You yeah. have to... I, I know Just we're all on the cutting edge, right? If you're listening to the show, maybe you're there and you're like, I can't wait for PS5. I'm going to put everything behind me. Um, there's 100 million something people that are going to be sitting there going like... I'm going to stick around with this thing for a little while. Show me what I can still play on this on this console for a couple of years. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so two more things that. real quick. Salvador on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash IGN Beyond, said it was like a sandwich. The beginning and end was awesome. The middle was meh. I assume <laughs> he means from the start to the end of a sandwich. Because if he's talking about like top, bottom, and middle, if the middle of your sandwich is meh, you have a bad sandwich. Yeah. That's, that's not a sandwich. When that's, you go into a sandwich place, you don't ask for like you, the star is not the bread. Yeah. It is the, the sandwich. You can pretty easily get the bread. Yeah. The combination. But I assume he means from like the first bite to the last bite, sequentially through a horizontal sandwich. But even that. But that, it should still be good in the middle. (laughs) I get the metaphor. I just don't agree with how you enjoy sandwiches, Salvador. But thank you for writing in either way. Uh, Last one. Derek said, I went into it with tempered expectations. I think a lot of people did. Yep. I was hoping Sony would end it with a bang and was not disappointed with the new Final Fantasy VII trailer. I suspect the third state of play will come next month around the time of E3 with huge updates, trailers on first party titles and other AAA games. I think they will do a big first party, like the releases to come state of plays in the future. I don't think it will be during E3. Yeah, I don't I, think so either. I think even that would, if they do something, which I still think they might, it's going to mix in third party stuff as well and yeah. Indies and everything. Yeah, it's going to have to. And I also, I think they would do a state of play. If they're going to do one in June, I think it will be after E3. Yeah. When the storm is calmed and everyone's like, oh, we're done. We can rest until Comic-Con. Now here's a state of play. Perfect. I think that'll probably be what happens. Anyway, Brian, thank you so much for joining me and no one else on this episode. I mean, you know what? I don't give up. That's what it's all about, that's, really. That's like, the It's truth. about that PlayStation passion, and I think this show has had it for so long, and I guess some people just don't. And they they I'm went glad to go see around. a Nintendo movie. I'm going to go see it, too, but like, I, I'm not, I, I got to finish the job here. And you're on the so Nintendo voice chat show. That's right. Uh, anyway, Brian, thank you so much for joining me. You're at Agent Bizzle on that's Twitter. Right. Max is at Max Scoville. Lucy is at Lucy O'Brien, L-U-C-E-O-B-R-I-E-N. I'm at J.M. Dornbush. Beyond normally airs every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.ign.com, youtube.com slash IGN Beyond, as well as on any podcast services you're listening to. This is a happy, fun, free bonus episode. I hope you enjoy it. Enjoy. Thank you so much for listening or watching, and as always, Beyond. Beyond.